This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. We also struggle to remember how our show starts. No, I'm holding up this paper that says how it starts. Oh, great. Anyway. So, it's, so I'm good. Uh, welcome to episode number 446, everybody. I just happened to notice that. That is a huge number. Today we're talking about spring rolls. Yeah. What do you think we should do for episode 500? Let's do something so crazy that people are very upset. I hope that for episode 500 we can do something like... Uh, record in the same room again. And and like both reach our hands into a, into a bag of chips at the same time yes. and, our, and our fingers like touch. And, and we don't we don't have to freak out and sanitize. Exactly. Okay. okay this episode was suggested. Oh, wait, we didn't say what this episode's about. I did. did. I said it was spring rolls. Yeah. Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, this was suggested by listener Lucy. Thank you, listener loosely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I don't think she wants to be known that <laughs> I way. I don't think so either. Thank you, listener Lucy. We wanted to mention before we get started that uh, if you happen to be a Stitcher Premium subscriber or are interested in Stitcher Premium, it's a uh, $5 a month thing with a lot of cool limited edition podcasts and stuff on it. And uh, if you are on Stitcher Premium, you can get spilled milk with no ads. Which is pretty great, I have to yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, it's stitcher.com slash spilled milk. Excellent. So, okay, Matthew, let's talk terminology because what we're talking about today is fried spring rolls. Yeah, this gets confusing really quickly because originally we were thinking we would do like fried spring rolls and fresh rolls slash summer rolls slash unfried spring rolls all in the same episode. But there was enough about fried spring rolls, I think. So they're called uh, like uh, egg rolls, yes. spring rolls, chagyo in uh, Vietnamese, harumaki in, in Japanese. Uh, what am I forgetting? They come from China originally. Is haru, is that like fried? Haru is uh, is spring and maki is roll. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I grew up knowing these as egg rolls and we would get them at Hunan yes. in Cassidy Square. Which uh, for Sean Sean would would serve, which is where Sean, the maitre d, with his pleated pants. I think Sean, truthfully, I don't know for sure, but he was the (laughs) 
life. Well, okay, never mind. I don't know where you're going with this. Well, I was just going to say that I, I wonder if Sean was the first gay man I ever knew in my entire life. But I'm now did, realizing that I, I don't actually know if he was gay. Or Well, like, just did, did you have, like, gaydar that went off? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, Hunan... So many formative moments of my childhood. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like occurred it. at he had, he had this ring of keys. He had this ring of keys, and I said, "You are someone I'm going to grow up to be." But unfortunately, by the time I grew up, Hunan was gone, and I was and so you couldn't. I couldn't be Sean the Maitre D. Anyway, he was a gracious and lovely person, and I hope wherever he is now, absolutely that he's doing great. I hope. Right? I hope he's somewhere. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Hunan. So we would always, always, always get egg rolls, as we called them, as our starter. That is, I mean, I grew up in a wasteland as far as these things go. That was my sole experience on Memory Lane with no, that's the old cool. egg rolls. Yeah. So my experience, like I definitely had spring rolls and egg rolls like with Chinese American food when I was a kid. The ones that I remember super specifically and wife of the show Lori was a big fan of this also was that when we were in high school, I think so in the very early 90s, this restaurant opened up in Southeast Portland called Noodlehead. That was kind of uh, it's kind of a hip pan Asian restaurant of the kind that I would probably look down upon today. But we thought we like we didn't know each other at the time, but we both thought this place was excellent. Uh, and one of the was, things on the menu was was this the era of, of quote Asian fusion? It was, but this was this was more pan Asian than okay. Asian fusion. Okay, and like it was it was not like a fancy place at all it was it was pretty casual um and not very expensive which is why we would go there when we were in high school and one of the things on the menu that we both enjoyed very much was the spring roll noodles which was really just uh like a, their term for um uh bun chagyo which uh, i when mm-hmm. i pronounce vietnamese like the tones are all wrong but it's uh it's a glass noodle salad with vegetables and uh, fried spring rolls on top and uh and a like a nook chom style dressing and boy is that stuff good like it was great at Noodlehead. it's great at any vietnamese restaurant yeah uh here in seattle i that is my standard order at greenleaf um yes yes yeah do you ever pick up spring rolls now um i do and the so one of my favorite places to get them is now out of business there remains saigon deli near uh, 12th and jackson in seattle there was there was until recently also seattle deli like uh, about two blocks away but in the in the same vicinity and both of those places, like like at any Vietnamese deli where you would go and get like banh mi or uh, like, uh, you know, they'll have a, a steam table of ready to eat foods. They'll have like other uh, you know deli items in the case. They will always have a case full of fried spring rolls and they are usually like, you know, 50 or 75 cents each. Mm. They are always super hot when they give them to you. And uh, they are great. How do they keep them hot without them getting soggy? Because I, I think about... I'm glad you asked. Like every now and then, um, I will... You know what? Actually, I think the last time I had a spring roll outside of Greenleaf, outside of the experience of having it, you know, as, as part of a, a boon, which again, I, I also should not be pronouncing Vietnamese words, I... 
had some sort of Chinese American food at an airport around Christmas time. Maybe it was on the way to meet you guys in Tokyo. And oh yeah. Anyway, so it was like you know steam table stuff. But I have to say, I looked at the egg roll and I was like, even if this is extremely soggy, this is going to taste delicious. And I, mm-hmm. I got the egg roll along with my, like, uh, stir-fried beef with snow peas and rice. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. I mean, I, so, an airport egg roll is, is a is a shade of other egg rolls, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, but still, still like, does the job, I think. Yes. We should have Andrea Nguyen on the show sometime. We should absolutely have Andrea Nguyen on the show. We should have had Andrea Nguyen on this show. Do you think it's it's too late? What if we get her? I I have her number. Hold on. What if we get her on the um on the the fresh rolls episode because we're going to do one of those. Oh, okay. Right. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. So I'm glad you asked about how they keep the spring rolls so crispy in the hot case at a Vietnamese deli because I did actually find the answer to this. The answer is that traditionally in Vietnam, fried spring rolls are made with a rice paper wrapper, like in the same, you know, starting in the same way as, as a fresh roll, but uh, with made with ingredients that will fry better, but it's the same kind of wrapper. And those need to be eaten really quickly or they will get soggy. Okay. And, uh, you know, the not, not that that makes them in any way inferior to ones made with a wheat wrapper. It's just it's just a different experience. They're more delicate. The ones made with a super thin wheat flour wrapper are much more durable. And that would be what I would have encountered, I think, at most Chinese American restaurants, right? Yes and no. No. So, okay. I, again, like uh, you're you're like setting me up for all the I'm stuff in the sorry. agenda, and I appreciate it. No, 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 no. That no, that was a compliment. Oh. Friend of the show, Xiao Ching Chow's book, Chinese Soul Food, she has two spring roll recipes. One, one is for spring rolls and one is for egg rolls. And there are two key differences between spring rolls and egg rolls as she defines them. And uh, I totally agree. This like uh-huh. fits my experience too. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm reading ahead in the agenda and getting very excited. Go on. <laughs> right, okay. In Xiao Ching's definition, and it is a, it's a great, great book, by the way, Chinese soul food, recommend it. A spring roll is, it's smaller, it's made with a thinner wrapper, and it contains more more flavorful ingredients, kind of uh, loosely defined. Like her, her spring roll recipe, it's got like dried mushrooms in it um, and other, other stuff that, that Chinese and Chinese American families would have eaten all the time, but would have been seen as more challenging, especially when she was growing up, to non-Chinese diners. Okay. Egg rolls, on the other hand, the thing that like most defines an egg roll to me as opposed to a spring roll is that it has a larger and thicker wrapper and it gets like bubbly when it's mm, fried okay. often. You're, you're saying this um, is an egg roll. This is an egg roll. Okay. Uh, n- neither of these is, is made with with much, much egg, if at all, incidentally. Um, but then the, so then the egg roll is often filled with like um, bean sprouts, cabbage, carrots, a lot of inexpensive and sort of uh, unchallenging vegetables. Yeah. I I think that that is certainly most of the fried rolls I've encountered in my life. And I think the egg roll is is often really a vehicle for a dipping sauce, whereas I think a good spring roll stands on its own without needing a sauce. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So does Xiaoqing say when her family would eat these? Was this like a side was this like part of a meal, like a side dish? Was this like the main attraction? Was this like a 
party thing, special occasion thing. Yeah, absolutely. So so not really as a main dish, I don't think. She doesn't really go into this in great detail in the book, but my experience like in, in researching this and, and talking to people and eating a lot of them myself, like spring rolls are served as like a component of a meal, like in a like in a bunchagyo, as a side dish, as a snack, and most of all as a party food. If you are catering or like, you know, having having people over and you are a uh, a family of, of Filipino descent or Vietnamese descent or Chinese descent, like there is probably going to be a big platter of fried spring rolls. Okay, okay. And most especially, I would say, like, m- my experience uh, of, and this is goes back to memory lane, uh, Lori's grandmother, wife of the show, Lori's grandmother uh, was from the Philippines, and uh, so she has a large extended uh, Filipino family, and I've never, ever been to, like, a family reunion or anniversary or any kind of party involving anyone from that side of the family without there being a huge platter of lumpia. Okay. And what are the fillings that that show up in Lori's family's lumpia? So there's going to be like some pork and cabbage. Those are the most key things, I think. Okay. Then probably other vegetables as well. Is there somebody in the family who makes them for these? Or is there like a special deli or something that they go to that's like their place where they've always gotten them? So they're homemade. Lori was telling me this last or a couple nights ago, and I've forgotten. So I'm going to go ask. Okay. Thanks. Great. Oh my gosh! Look, Matthew's doing research. All right. I got. I got the news. Oh yeah. Uh, give it to me. So it was uh, wife of the show, Lori's mom's aunt Lois. Okay. So great aunt Lois made the best lumpia, and uh, the filling would be pork or chicken or both. I want great aunt Lois's lumpia. Well, here's the good news. I made lumpia at home for the first time, and they were a home run out of the gate. Oh my god! Okay, wait a minute. Hold to, on. Are you I, so in? I'm I'm really good with sports metaphors, as you know. So in baseball, <laughs> they there's were a, a gate. home run out of the gate. <laughs> right, the gate opens, and a bunch of baseball guys <laughs> pour out of the gate. Yeah, and they run and they run home, <laughs> and there's a horse, <laughs> or, or multiple horses. Yeah, who they're racing against. It's it's that's American baseball. Like oh. Canadian baseball is different. Canadian baseball, um, the horses all have um, like mounted police on them. Oh, okay, <laughs> great, nice one. Okay, wait a minute. So okay, so tell me about the lumpia you made and how they differ from like, for instance, Xiao Ching's recipe for her family's spring rolls. Okay, so Chinese spring rolls. In my experience, I don't want to like overgeneralize because anything in Chinese food you will find literally hundreds, if not thousands, of variations, but are often vegetarian or vegetable focused. Okay. Um, and so they will they will have like you know cabbage um, and uh, you know dried shiitake mushrooms and maybe like lily buds and like other other vegetables that uh, that fit the format like you know flavorful shredded vegetables and often glass noodles in in the spring rolls also filipino lumpia are tend to be much more meat focused okay and so the recipe i made i found it on all recipes it had extremely good reviews and uh, they were well deserved um they were <laughs> the recipes from user lil cutie pinay 23 oh. um, all right and we'll link to it in the show notes Thank you, little cutie Pinay twenty three. It is. It's based on ground pork uh, with cabbage. Let me pull up the recipe. Okay. So it's ground pork, and do you do you finely do you like shred the cabbage? Like, I mean, like as fine as you would do on a mandolin, or yeah. Well, I, I sliced it by hand and just kind of minced it. Okay. So uh, ground pork, garlic, onion, carrots, scallions, uh, cabbage, 
and uh, then black pepper, salt, garlic powder. As soon as I saw garlic mm. powder in the recipe, I was like, this, this is the real thing. And soy sauce. Cool. Okay. And so what kind of wrapper were you using? I bought some uh, spring roll wrappers from uh, Wajamaya, and I liked that the package had, first of all, it had like uh, some cartoons on the back for how to how to roll them, uh, and it had a recipe, of course, but then it also had like a list of all of the different types of spring rolls from different countries uh, that could be made with these wrappers. So like on the on the front of the thing, it, you know, it said like spring rolls, egg rolls, chagyo, uh, lumpia, and so on. And so was this a wheat-based wrapper? It was a wheat-based wrapper, and okay. uh, it's very. It was very satisfying to peel the the skins apart because they're very oh, they're very thin, but very um, they've got a lot of elasticity, so they don't break very easily. Okay, do you have to warm them up or boil them or anything before you wrap them around the filling? Nope. Oh, you just Not at pull all. them out of the package, wrap it up, and then you you're ready to fry. Yeah, I mean, I bought them frozen, so I had to thaw them. But okay. uh, once they're thawed, you just just peel one off. So the the filling for these was pre cooked, and that made me really reassured because I am a fearful fryer. Um, <laughs> ooh, there should be there should be like a, a, a show called the Fearful Fryer. But and would it be fryer as in frying or fryer as in F R I A R? I was thinking the latter, like a like a you know a cleric, a man of the cloth, a person of the cloth. Mm-hmm. And and what kinds of things would he be scared of? Everything, I think. Like um, He sounds like me think- as a child. Let me go ahead and tell you what this fearful fryer was afraid of. Didn't we already do a whole bonus episode? Oh, on this? whoops. We did. No, that's fine. No, no. I mean, but were you wearing any sort of frock? Because a, a fryer a fryer needs a frock. I like wasn't. A fish I should, needs a bicycle. I, can I get a do over of my childhood? <laughs> oh, I, I think about this, this every day. We, we've talked about this recently. But, like, if they're. This is how I would like abuse the time machine privilege. Um, what would you go back and redo? Did we talk about this? Uh, uh, at a certain point, Matthew, I think we've talked about everything. everything. What, what are like your three three biggest secrets that you haven't told me yet? <laughs> Let's get it over with right now. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, okay. Uh, wow. Wait. Wait. Let's let's pause the recording and then you'll tell me. No. <laughs> we'll get back on. No. Um, anyway, Matthew, but hold on. Wait, what would you go back and change in your childhood? Oh, I'd, I'd like wear like cooler pants, I think. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think I probably had a lot of like, like Sean style pleated pants. But so did everybody, man. I mean, you were, I know, you but were fashionable. I don't know. No, I think, you know, it, I wouldn't actually end up like accomplishing any of the things I wanted to accomplish. I think, you know, I, I, I wanted to be like cool and have more friends. Oh, man, me too. When I think back on it. So, Matthew, I discovered the other day that so there there is a a woman who I went to school with, um, like all the way back to preschool. And Mm -hmm. she follows me on Instagram and she's recently commented on some posts that I've put up about like queerness and sexual orientation and things and anyway it's it's been nice to have her be affirming since I come from a very conservative place but Uh um but anyway I was looking at her Instagram and then seeing that she had tagged like herself she's still friends with all the the women she was friends with in like high school and stuff uh who were all the the popular girls in my high school and anyway i went and like clicked on their profiles most of them are private but they all follow me 
And that was such a strange feeling because I spent so long (laughs) desperately wanting these girls to be kind to me. Now we live in this fucked up era where you can just sort of like follow anyone and know about their lives. But but like you don't ever actually have to be nice to them. Or like be their friend. That's true. And that's fine. I mean, that's I th- fine. That's lovely. I'm I'm glad for the internet. Yeah. What I was going to say is you're you're like a, a kind of a miniature Lady Gaga in that respect. Oh, I think. oh. Right? yeah. I'm so in, glad in that, you're that very you were small. the one to say it. I'm extremely <laughs> small, and I'm just like Lady Gaga in every other way. Right. Though. Like nobody. Yeah. I, I think we, it's fair to say that literally nobody in your high school believed that you would go on to host a successful podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Right? <laughs> Nobody would have ever guessed. No. Right. No. Like I, you know, I remember back. I asked. I asked some of your classmates back then, and they said, "What the fuck are you talking about?" What do you think we would have thought podcasts were? Oh, I think I, think I would have assumed it was related to fishing. Oh, I think that's a really good point. Like some sort of a tool for that you can like keep in your tackle box if your your fishing rod breaks. While yeah, you're like out exactly. on the river. Okay, I get it. Um, yeah, I think you were voted in your yearbook most likely to invent a new type of fishing tackle. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I was just like, God, this world is so strange. I would have done anything to have these girls pay attention to me. And right. the truth is, is like, it's not like they're paying any attention to me now. <laughs> no, probably um, not. No. Uh, I mean, following people on Instagram doesn't mean you pay well, you any said attention someone commented. to uh, No, she was very kind. But still, I you know, if I could, like, go back, on the one hand, of course, I want to say, like, that I, I wish that, like, I'd cared less about getting girls who weren't very nice to like me. Sure. But I... You know what I would do? I just do. think it's like a real dog-eat-dog world in... in middle school and high school and i don't think i would go back there for the world Matthew. oh yeah no of course not no, no this is what i would way. do like if i had if i had time machine privileges and and wanted to abuse them when i was in preschool this little jerk named shannon <laughs> pushed me down the is that hill. her real name his real name yes okay i'm sure i'm sure he he uh turned out to be a, a nice person no probably not I would go back to that moment when Shannon pushed me down the hill in the rain, so I got all wet, and I would, like, jump out of the way and push him down the hill. Oh, my God. You know what I wish I could do? I think I've talked before on the show about this kid uh, who used to um, pretty actively bully me in high school. Mm-hmm. Like, would, you know, do the dumb shit where you, like, stick your foot out to trip somebody or... Wow, that's that's pretty aggressive. Uh, oh, he pushed me. Uh, he told me he was going to kill me. I mean, he that's, he was ter- that's pretty yeah that's pretty intense. He was terrible, like a a really I would say messed up young man, uh, to put it lightly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, God, I would go back and I would raise so much hell. He wasn't even suspended for the things he did yeah. to me, but it was because he used to hang out in here. I'm going to say it, Matthew. I'm going to say it on this powerful podcast we've got. I am the tiny Lady Gaga, and I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to throw down. All okay. right. Okay. <clears throat> this young man's name was Lee Harmon. Mm-hmm. And he used to spend a lot of time in the office of the Dean David Gorham, friend to bullies. David Gorham used to let like all the mean dudes like hang oh, so out in his office. he wasn't in, in there office. like getting in trouble? No. He was in there like just no, chilling with the Dean? No, they would hang in there and 
shoot the shit chatting it up with Dean Gorham. Anyway, and so, of course, when Lee was threatening me and I reported it to the dean, nothing happened to him because he was like, I don't know, uh, the dean's fuck buddy or whatever. But really think that's what was going on? No, but I do think it's really <laughs> gross when like an authority figure of the school has a whole bunch of the most troublemaking white boys gathered around him all the time as like I don't f- I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> Anyway, it sounds sounds like you had a cool dean. Yeah, that's actually what what Lee Harmon would. That's have said. I mean, yeah, I want I want my I want my school administrators to be to be really like chill and laid back and and not and you know just like you know if there's some harassment going on, just like whatever, man. Whatever, man. Here, come into my office, have some hard candies, if you know what I mean. Oh God. <laughs> All right. So. Anyway, so that's what I would go back and do. I would go back and raise some serious fucking ha- hail. <laughs> Hail, I said. Hail, hail, well, hail to you, I, little little Lady Gaga. I was in Oklahoma. There was a lot of hail. So I sure. think I would oh, gather yeah. up a bunch of hail, and I would go egg Dean Gorham and Lee Harmon's houses with it. Question over here. <laughs> yes, Matthew. Is it egging if you throw something I mean, other than I know. Eggs? I was going to say I would go hail their houses. You know, hail their houses, yeah. getting also, if, if, if there's a hailstorm, hail. their houses are already getting hit with hail. So I think maybe you need to like raise the stakes a little and hit them with something worse. That's true. Um, so, OK, so you would like you would go back and like make raise hell for social justice. And I would push a kid like a five year old kid. Well, but I, it seems like we're both going about the same. <laughs> we both want the same kind of like retribution, but we're going about it in different ways. So, and I just realized that when you use when you use a time machine, you don't like become the age you were. That you like go back. <laughs> That's right. So, so it would be like oh. a you know a forty five year old adult man appearing at this preschool and pushing a small child down the hill, <laughs> I think... and then and then like exulting in the victory. I think actually, what would happen in my case is that I would go back and I'd like walk around my high school and I would see like seventeen year old me and I'd be like. Actually, never mind. I don't really want to get involved. Like, yeah, I'm sure. just gonna let her figure it out. This is this is too much of a mess. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got you can borrow appliances like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling you can borrow it no charge uh-huh so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink you can bring your pet Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. That was an uplifting detour. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I'm really having a hard time being funny this week. No, no. I think <laughs> it was. It was. It was funny. It was poignant. Channel this energy into your new album. Oh, um, am I going as Lil QT Gaga? Yes, Lil exactly. QT Gaga 41. That's my age. Okay, I like it. Yeah. All right. So let's. Uh, so back to spring rolls. If you have not made spring rolls or have not made spring rolls recently, I highly recommend it. I was really nervous because I was like, "All oh, right," because <laughs> the whole reason we got we went no, down that rabbit hole is because I said I was friar. a nervous fryer. There we go. Oh no, it's going to start over all oh, over again. Um, oh no, here we are in the time machine. Oh, here we go. That's the sound of time. Maybe machine we should makes. just go to the future. Like we're always trying to write the past, and it never goes well. We always end up like okay, introducing where should we time go? anomalies. How about like way far into the future? How about like the year? It's going to be so hot in mm, there. That's true, but let's let's bring Slurpees. Oh, okay. Like like now and not, you're and not talking. Like, like you know, we usually get like the small Slurpee. Let's get like the thirty-two ounce Slurpee. The big gold. We're going to need it. Okay. Um, and let's go to the year ten thousand. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not sure that there's going to be anybody there. Well, I'm but pretty then sure it's can... just going to look like uh, like Venus or something here. Like just sort of a yeah. really hot and... Okay, but all right. But Mercury? Think about this. Okay, okay, first of all, like we can go back, right? It's not like a one-way trip on the time machine. Okay. We're going to go to ten, the year 10,000. Okay. Like New Year's Day, 10,000. Okay. We're going to take a selfie of us in this apocalyptic, not even apocalyptic, because like, you know, humanity will be like long buried. Just this, this beautiful, like tropical landscape. And we're going to take a selfie with our Slurpees, our 32-ounce Slurpees, and we're going to Instagram it. Oh, my God. I'm and, super excited. You know, Matthew, right? if we could actually get together right now in person, I think we could, I don't know, fill up at least a couple days of, of lockdown time with building a whole set to stage <laughs> I was thinking this the photo same thing. Or, I mean, probably we should just green screen it. Okay. That doesn't sound like as much fun. Okay. No, no. Okay. You're right. We'll build, we'll build out the set. When I was a kid, I I had this babysitter sometimes who was like the teenage friend of my parents. And she was like one of those amazing babysitters. Like she actually had fun ideas. And oh, yeah. She, I had one like that. She would come over and she would bring stuff with her like foam board, poster board, uh, like empty shoe boxes. And we would build like cars for my stuffed animals and stuff. I, oh, that's I wonder if awesome. she she was amazing. I wonder if she's still around and if she could help us build our set. <laughs> okay. Uh, my cool babysitter, I think we I know we've talked about her before, was Christine Abbey. Probably the most fun thing I ever did as a young child was uh, she was super into music. She was she was in a series of punk rock bands, and we took the Billboard top forty, or like the you know, whatever the the uh, weekly top forty. Uh, from the from the radio, and we made parodies of 
each artist and song title for the entire top 40. We spent hours on it. Um, the only one... Okay, no, I remember one, one full song and artist and then one other song title. The number one at the time... So we could figure out when this was. Are you looking up... Is this like Casey Kasem? I'm, I'm looking up the song. Or like yeah. Billboard charts. Okay, so the uh, it was 1984, to... because number one at the time was uh, Borderline by Madonna. Okay, and so you were eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we called it Quart of Slime by Piranha. Oh, my God. You must have thought that was so funny. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the only other one I remember offhand, and we did, if not all 40, a lot of them. We spent, like, four hours on this, was uh, We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. I don't remember what the parody name we came up with was for Twisted Sister, but I remember the song was Beer's Not Good in Cake, Kid. <laughs> Are brilliant. I know. I, I I wonder if my mom still has the paper somewhere. You know, what was it with like cool babysitters in the 80s? So I think I've told you before that that the same babysitter who uh, who used to bring over all the cool craft supplies, uh, her name was Reese. She mm-hmm. she also I remember this was when the song Amadeus was out. Sure. She told me that that what they were saying was "fuck me, Amadeus." We've talked about and this not before, but I still love me, it. Amadeus. Anyway, <laughs> oh man, babysitters. Yeah, one time um, we had uh, um, actress Elizabeth Shue came as a babysitter, and we got up to all sorts of adventures. We uh, we went into town. I almost believed you for a minute, Matthew. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about these uh, spring rolls I I'm made. sorry. So, I'm having a really hard time staying on topic. I was nervous about uh, rolling them well. Okay. That turned out to be quite simple. Okay. Um, the key is, so you, you put you put a line of filling, like kind of diagonally against uh, one of the corners of, uh, of the, the wrapper. You fold over one t- that corner's tip. You fold in the sides, and you make sure and fold it over a little bit so you're kind of closing the sides of the envelope. Mm, uh, okay. And then you ha- need to make sure that those, those sides that you folded in, the left and right side, are parallel so that when you roll it up, it doesn't have any like flappy bits at the side. But like uh, the my first one was kind of was kind of funny. Confused by what you're saying, but I, I'm we'll sure post a vid- we'll I'm post sure a link I would to be a able video. to get there, it. Yeah. If, if, okay, go on. You're making you're making like a like a little burrito and then and like rolling it up like cigar style. Sure. My first one was was kind of funny looking. By the second one, they were great. They were they were like. As, as good as any I've had. So this sounds way easier than, for instance, learning to fold a dumpling or a pot it sticker. It is easier than learning to fold, like, pleat a pot sticker. I think probably yes. anything is easier than learning to pleat a pot sticker. I mean, that, like, anything? No. <laughs> Come on, Matthew. Yes, and me. Uh, right, right, right. Uh, yes, that that's the hardest thing. Yes. And then the frying was really easy, too. You don't need a lot of oil because they're they're small and you're going to flip them. So you can even, like, you know, pan fry them in half an inch of oil would be fine. I deep fried them in a wok, but I didn't have a whole lot of vegetable oil in the fridge. So I ended up using, like, a cup of oil and it was fine. They cooked in, like, two to three minutes. And so you were just going by color. Yeah. Okay. Because um, the filling was fully cooked. 
that's that's what I love so much about this recipe. Like the thing, the thing that I'm most fearful of when frying is what if the thing is done on the outside but still raw on the inside, and yes. then like I'm just screwed. Yes, Matthew, how well does the fan above your your stove work? Like that's a good question. I house... think I have a placebo fan. So does your house smell like like spring rolls today? It doesn't today because I made them on Saturday and today is Monday, but it certainly did all Saturday night. Okay. Yeah, I don't have a fan at all. Oh, you do. That's the one woman on Instagram. <laughs> 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 nice one. Because my stove has, has, as some of our listeners may remember, the same way that I have this. Actually, so my dishwasher is back to being sort of janky, even though it has jet dry in it. Oh, no. What can you do? Put in more jet dry. My sink is also dripping. Uh, mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to send me a new sink. <laughs> Ash and I did learn the other day how to fix the wiring for a light in our closet, which went out. Oh, that sounds dangerous. It, I was I was like, we're definitely going to need to like shell out for an electrician for this. But uh, Ash's father is a contractor. Okay. Uh, and so he was able to help us over the phone. That was pretty amazing. Um, I don't think I would take wiring advice over the phone i <laughs> was uh, there a lot of like should i cut the blue one or the red one no no, it, no wait that's no, why you're it was more, it was more like something it was more like something had come loose so we needed oh, okay. to like tighten something but uh what i was going to say is as our listeners may or may not know my stove is a like hot point like bronze enamel top electric stove with two and a half working burners i say half because one of them doesn't work on high and it's slightly mm-hmm. slightly not as hot as the other one. So I basically have two working burners. Anyway, uh, and I don't have a fan. Don't you love how people think that people who write about food are interested in food have really fancy stuff? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Um anyway. oh, I, I, I don't know. I'm surprised to hear all this. I have a I have an eight burner wolf stove that's it's made of <laughs> yeah, right. solid platinum. Yeah, right. <laughs> it has it's induction, but also it has uh like yeah, uh yeah. gas, plasma. It, it 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 runs on plasma. Ah, you mean your own blood plasma. Blood plasma, yes. yes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so my two and a half burner electric stove sits on top of a countertop in like a wooden box we made for it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it gets the job done. Two out of the three of us in in our household have to stand on a stool to use it because it's <laughs> up really high. Anyway, but it has no uh, it has no fan. Anytime our we cook anything that is remotely nearing fried, even like. Even something like uh, making pancakes will make the house smell, the entire house smell like pancakes all day. Are you deep frying your pancakes? (laughs) No, (laughs) but even like cooking a a batter in some fat will result in the smell of the batter all day. So my mom is like, God, my mom is so prissy about stuff like this. She (laughs) is like, if she even turns on a burner, she like turns on her fan. So my house constantly smells like food. My mother's house constantly smells like roses. And I would pick the food house over over the flower house. I think so too, but I do get a little bit tired of like like if I cook chicken thighs or something, oh mm-hmm. my god, the smell of chicken fat hovers in the house in a way that's s- sort of nauseating. I mean, maybe <laughs> 
maybe you need to like establish some sort of air currents throughout the house using using a system of of you know what? I should use my social capital as as um, Lil Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Um, 41. As, uh, right. Oh, little cutie Gaga. There we go. Right. No, but as, as mini Gaga. What was I? I? I like mini Gaga. That's good. Okay, great. I'll, I should use my social currency as mini Gaga to, to get myself one of those uh, like free KitchenAid ranges or something that all the uh, that all the, the food bloggers were getting back in the day. They do? Oh, I definitely know a few a few people who were like food blogging peers of mine who totally got like a bunch of KitchenAid equipment you know, sponsored sponsorships and they got this stuff for free. To Isn't be that fair, amazing? I got a free rice cooker. To That's the only thing. To be fair, I know I've gotten some some yeah. good free stuff. Uh, Sanyo sent it to me. That's pretty uh, cool. It was pretty cool. I've gotten some uh, pretty cool free stuff from this podcast. Like I once got three <laughs> cases of mayonnaise. <laughs> Which I delivered to my That's local true. food bank. Yeah, last uh-huh. summer I got three cases of mayonnaise. As a I, I remember that because I got it too. <laughs> what did you do with yours? We kept one and, kept and gave one, the rest of the. You kept one entire case? No, no, one jar. Oh, because okay, I was going to say that was 36 jars. Right, and gave the rest of the food bank. Okay, so uh, I bought spring roll skins from the supermarket but if you would like to try making them at home i found a recipe that looks very promising and easy and i and we'll link to that in the show notes okay so what did you dip them in or did you dip them right so for dinner nothing like these were these were so well seasoned you know had such great like meaty flavor that there was some garlic in there like both fresh garlic and garlic powder like and and they were crispy right out of the fryer in the sense that a, a fryer coughed them up. Um, <laughs> so so they did not need a dipping sauce. However, they freeze well and they reheat well. So, so I cooked them all and then froze some and then reheated them in the oven. Ah. And when I reheated some, I made a uh, nook jam, okay. which uh, is uh, a Vietnamese uh, dipping sauce slash dressing that uh, consists of uh, fish sauce, water, vinegar or lime juice or both, sugar, chilies, and garlic. That sounds wonderful. Great. And I think it it goes so well with spring rolls because a spring roll is dense and rich and flaky and nook chum is very refreshing uh, and and light. I was going to ask if the um, if the author of the recipe, since this was a lumpia recipe, if the author had a suggested dipping sauce that was maybe so, traditional to the Philippines. There is no suggested dipping sauce with the recipe. Okay. Um, there are there are some there are a lot of reviews and comments on the recipe, and so like the the most the most classic like uh, like American dipping sauce for uh, for spring rolls is like a you know a very uh, like sweet red ketchup based sweet and sour sauce, which mm-hmm. is not a bad thing at all. No, it's quite uh, it's quite tasty. Yeah. It pushes all the right buttons like like sweet and sour chicken does. You know what I mean? It's just like what is not to love about it? Yes. But in my limited experience with uh, uh, get togethers with Filipino food and uh, Filipino American people, lumpy are so that you like you like grab one off the platter and you and you walk around uh, eating it. And there isn't isn't typically a dipping sauce in, in my experience. OK. OK. I'm sure this varies from family to family and event to event. Yes, is there a like a sweet version of a yes. fried oh, yeah. spring I, roll? I, 
So I went down a big Wikipedia ra- rabbit hole. So first of all, I didn't know that that uh, lumpia is the name in both the Philippines and Indonesia, whether like lumpia or lumpiang. Okay. And uh, the the Filipino ones are more likely to have uh, pork, and the Indonesian ones are more likely to have another meat or no meat because there's a large Muslim population in Indonesia. But there are tons of different varieties in both places. Um, in Indonesia, they're often made with jicama, so they're like mm. crunchy on the outside and a different kind of crunchy on the inside, which mm-hmm. sounds great. In the Philippines, there is a whole category of dessert lumpia called uh, turon, and they can be filled with like sweet sticky rice, sweet potato, all kinds of stuff. And there is a lumpia style called a dinamita, which I I was just like paging through uh, like Google image search results for dinamitas. It is a stuffed chili pepper, so like a a, a hot chili, like a medium sized. Uh, stuffed with like meat or cheese, and then wrapped in a lumpia skin and fried. This looks that so sounds good. incredible. Oh my god! Uh, I think you should make that next. I think I should make that. What next. kind okay. of chi- what kind of chili would you use for it? I think I would get like one of those long Korean chili, green Korean mm-hmm. chilies. I mm-hmm. think would be really good for that. Oh, that sounds fantastic! Right. Matthew, I think the the shittiest part about this whole lockdown thing, uh, you is know, for for me personally, you don't get free food at my house. Is that I don't get free food at your house because uh-huh. I know I miss it too. You know, I you know podcasts are really lucrative and everything, <laughs> but for me, the best part of this podcast has always been getting to eat your cooking. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. Yeah. All right, so that's that's all I have to tell you about spring rolls. Anything else? Let's see here. You know, we haven't talked at all about so so. Does seafood show up much? in fried spring rolls? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so like, uh, crab, crab and sh- shrimp and crab, especially. Okay. Um, and, like, like you know, chopped shrimp is is ingredient in, in a lo- variety of different dim sum items, including often shows up in spring rolls. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember where, where I read uh, that crab spring rolls are common, and I do not remember, but I would, I would not be surprised if that was also a dim sum item. Okay. This all sounds fantastic. I also want to go out for dim sum now. Yeah, I want to make I got to make the chili one. I'm going to try this. Okay. Oh man. Okay. So, uh we, we're going to we're going to link to a bunch of different things on the yeah, old so website. Yeah, a, a lumpia recipe from uh, little cutie pinay 23, a uh, spring roll uh wrapper recipe. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could also link to a recipe for nuk cham for anyone mm-hmm. who, yeah. you know, who who needs it? We yep. could also. Oh, I think we should also link to, link to um, Xiao Ching's book, Chinese Soul Food. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, on our Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast, you'll find a picture of the lumpia that I made. Excellent. And um, and at some point in the near future, I don't know, maybe even the next episode, maybe might be about fresh rolls. Yeah, let's do it. So stay tuned, everybody. I mean, you you can. You can put away the show for like a week or so, but then, then yeah, you can you put back. us put us away in your in your keepsake box, or you know, don't even worry about it. Like we'll be off time traveling anyway, so we won't bother you. Just <laughs> that's that's true. I mean, unless we are specifically time traveling to bother you as as a younger person, like if if Shannon from from uh, Jones Preschool Lee is, is listening, Lee Harmon, I'm coming for you, man. <laughs> right, David Gorham, um, I'm gonna get my revenge. Okay, great. Everyone, everyone is on notice. Uh, what else do we need to tell people? Facebook.com slash Build Milk Podcast. We want to hear about your your spring roll experiences. How do you make them? What do you like in them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have, you had, have you had the one with the chili pepper? I would also love to know. Well, oh, uh, wait a minute. I want to see some sort of like a diagram or video of how to roll them. Like, 
I, you know, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I can, can imagine definitely. what you're saying based on like rolling a burrito, but I would love to yes. see a video. So maybe we could link to that too. Our producer is Abby Circatella. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. The show that's fully cooked on the inside and <laughs> and you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I'm Matthew Amsterburton. And I'm Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> I really miss the good old days when we used to sit in a room together and eat food together and you would delight me with your dance moves. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.